On today's episode, we're asking, can product work be done remotely? Abstract launches a beta integration of Adobe XD. Plus, subscription fitness pushes the limit. All this and more, today on Recur Now. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it's Monday, December 9th, and I'm James Harris. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. First up, your daily subscription digest. James, we've covered a lot on remote work in its entirety. Well, that's because its popularity has grown immensely over the years. So according to a 2018 Upwork study, 63% of U.S. companies now have remote workers. Nearly 30% of all startups with roles posted on AngelList as of this past August 2019 were hiring for remote roles. And at FYI, the document navigation platform, they surveyed 486 people about remote work and learned that people just freaking love remote work. They absolutely do. And since there's so much fandom over it, Marie Pokopetz of FYI is digging specifically into the realm of remote work and product. Because working remotely for product is usually not the norm. Certain aspects of product work make it particularly difficult to do it remotely. Most of them relate to the level of teamwork required for effective product management. Yeah, and that's because product is highly cross-functional and collaborative It's all about innovation and creativity. But Marie says hope is not lost and increasing numbers of product roles are moving to remote. The days of in-person whiteboarding and sticky note sessions, those may be numbered at least for some. But as the shift to remote work happens in product, teams will need to make changes to ensure everyone's continued success. There's no doubt there are conflicting opinions on the status of remote work, myself included. But Marie is a master in that field. Not only does she dig into remote work for product, but remote work for all. So great. Grace, this leads me to ask, remote work, yes or no? A hard yes. I thrive in remote situations. Well, there you have it. To explore the power of remote, we have a ProfitWell report that looks at just over 3,000 subscription and SaaS companies with the type of study we might lose friends over, even though there's an incredible amount of nuance, and we'll show that later in this episode. And we also have an episode of Trade-Offs with FYI's Heaton Shaw and our CEO, Patrick Campbell. We'll have a link to that in your subscriber newsletter. Because remote company cultures have become more akin to a religion than a growth strategy. We'll link to that in your subscriber newsletter, as well as some resources from Marie herself. Lots in the newsletter. And now James spotlights the latest with Abstract. Abstract, design collaborators who've raised more than $54 million in funding, announces that Adobe XD files can now be versioned and managed alongside Sketch files. Abstract has also become the catalyst for design transformation within companies like Cisco, Intuit, Salesforce, Zappos, Instacart, lots more, and lots more big names. The expansion of the XD integration into public beta follows a successful private beta, where Abstract saw thousands registering to participate. The problem Abstract plans to address is about the digital product design workflow, which includes developers, product managers, content strategists, you name it. It's splintered across file management tools buried within emails and Slack, and it's left undocumented in offline conversations. So Abstract is pioneering a world in which product teams can bring their toolkits into an organized, customized nucleus. From Sketch to Now, Adobe XD files, Abstract is bringing all the key players in the design process in one central place where documentation can be created alongside the work, decisions can be tracked, and multiple explorations can be incorporated into a single source of truth. Now Grace on Subscription Fitness. 
You know, we've touched on subscription fitness in the past, as has Zora's teen Zuo, in that the fitness vertical is about to crack wide open. But we may argue it already has. The holiday season undeniably amps up the demand for home exercise equipment and gym memberships, so it would only make sense we bring it to light right here. This Fitbit, Tonal, Mirror, and Peloton, and I'd be remiss not to mention the Peloton commercial that's gained insane traction this holiday season. It has certainly divided opinions and created some really awesome memes. Yeah, it was an interesting commercial to say the least. Anyway, it's not just about hardware anymore. It's the subscription portion of the fitness that keeps these bad boys alive. It's the subscription revenue that's driving millions into connected exercise equipment startups, and Crunchbase dropped a piece on this exact idea. It points out that the new slew of internet-connected fitness equipment offerings with classes in progress tracking on a subscription basis allows companies to capture value, not just from the sale of physical hardware, but with long-term revenue on high-margin services over time, which is just another example of the recurring revenue model bringing it on home. And your subscription news is wrapped for today. Up next, as promised, a ProfitWell report on remote work with ProfitWell product pro Neil Desai. You've got the questions, and we have the data. This is the ProfitWell report. This is Shamili, CEO of Surfboard Digital. And my question to you today is, how do remote teams impact growth? Bye. Welcome back everyone, Neil here for the ProfitWell Report. This is the type of study that we are going to lose friends over, even though there is an incredible amount of nuance. Remote company cultures have become more akin to a religion than a growth strategy with amazing people that we respect so, so much. Like, Nick Francis from Help Scout, Wade Foster from Zapier, and DHH from Basecamp. Yet, what does the data tell us about remote teams? To explore the power or lack thereof of remote, we looked at just over 3,000 subscription companies, and here's what we found. In the early stages, remote companies are growing at a much slower rate than those companies where everyone is co-located. You're seeing here a blend of a lot of different types of companies that are doing anywhere from one to 10 million in annual revenue. Note that no matter the ARPU, which is a charitable proxy for different types of teams, remote teams have growth rates that are roughly 20 to 30% lower than co-located teams. What's fascinating though, is that as companies get larger, this growth differential starts to diminish. When we look at a similar split of companies, but now looking at those doing 10 to 75 million, you'll notice that the difference has essentially halved the remote teams growing 10 to 15% less than co-located teams. Now, you're obviously seeing some survivor bias with this data, but when you think about it, this trend stands to reason. By 10 million, you probably have figured out your main channels and definitely product market fit, so remote is less of an issue. That's not to say that figuring out product market fit and your channel requires you to be in the same room with one another, but it's likely easier. When we look at companies doing more than 75 million, this growth differential essentially disappears, although the data is fairly sparse. That being said, most companies when you get to this level have evolved to a point where they're remote anyways, right? With multiple offices, a contingent of folks who work from home, and obviously a lot of different types of team members. On the other hand, we do see companies bring people back to the mothership when times get tough, like Yahoo and Reddit to name a couple. So should we say screw remote teams? Not exactly, right? There are a few big pieces to keep in mind here. For one, as stated previously, all companies go remote or multi-office at some point anyway. So it's not an argument of either or, it's more of an argument of when. Further, a lot more research needs to be done here because the big question is why we're seeing this data. 
Is it because co-located teams handle ambiguity better? Is it because of the technological connection problem that will diminish over time, making this trend reverse? There are a lot of unanswered questions here. Finally though, this also assumes growth is what you're optimizing for, which I know sounds a little preposterous to question, but growth can have a cost on team membership happiness and health. You also may not care about growth above everything else, which a lot of folks in the remote camp have stated is not what they're all about. Ultimately, there's an element of choice here and more research is needed. For now, that's all for this week. If you have a question, send me an email or video to neil.profitwell.com. If you got value here or any other week of the report, we appreciate any and all shares on Twitter and LinkedIn because that's how we know to keep doing this. I'll see you next week. This week's episode is brought to you by Reforge. Selected programs for experienced professionals in marketing, product, data, and engineering. Reforge.com. And finally, a teaser for trade-offs. So what about trade-offs? Profit Well and Product Habits present trade-offs, where product leaders Patrick Campbell and Heaton Shah join go-to-market and product forces to uncover the biggest trade-offs of industry players like Netflix, Evernote, Spotify, Black, Kanye West. With data, wow, this is huge. 86%. 86% said yes. With insight, as a product manager, if I have this data and I have this information now, what are your business constraints? All the streaming services, they have this licensing issue. A show for product people about the products you know and the insights you don't. Well, guys, we did it. That's another episode of Recur Now for December 9th. Until tomorrow, I'm James. And I'm out.